Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. All right, there has been an upheaval, absolute upheaval when it comes to our college picks, where I'm going to ask you to do what you cannot do. You won't listen to me, but Garrett's going to put up the graphic and look at the bottom line in gold. Don't look at our picks yet, and I know you already have. Paul Catalina was running away with it along with Emery, and oh, my God. Yeah. One and four last week. Um, and the one I'm kicking myself about the most was BYU and TCU because that would have – I mean, it's only going to make me one game better. Uh, Dan Lanning kind of, kind of, you know – he screwed you. He screwed me. Yeah, yeah I wasn't going to use he that word. He screwed the but Ducks, yeah. too. He, yeah, he did that. So those were kind of the flip games for me last week. But uh, Craig's been on a bit of a heater anyway. Yeah, and, and it's uh, a, an uncomfortable. But, yeah, now I'm, uh, I've got to have a good week here. I've got to have a good week. I'm, I'm not worried about what you guys are doing at this point. Right now I have to worry about getting wins. you got to just go through the process. Yeah, Paul. i got to get wins. Garrett, uh, you're – Kind I'm of awful. slowly, yeah, but you're, it looks like you're just slowly getting yourself well, he back went into this. Four thing. and one last week. That's what I'm saying. He had some 0 and 5. I'm trying weeks. to give him progress. some love. Emory, of course, cheats. He's the one that puts the graphic up. Craig's smoke has gone from what was, I think, pretty much close to the bottom, surging now with a one game lead. The magic number, of course, still far away. Craig, what have you done? Oh, I just picked the right teams, I guess, is what I did. Um, nothing special. I mean,. You guys are, are blowing this, I think, a little bit out of proportion because I could very well go like one and four next week and everybody well, else goes four can. and one. Yeah. And so it doesn't matter, although we have a lot of similar picks. But, um, you know, I think uh, the TCU-BYU game, like that one was just obvious to me. I, I am not a believer in BYU and that four and one record uh, that they had at the time. Uh, but, you know, didn't expect Josh Hoover to play all that well and just got fortunate that, um, you know, um, Washington was able to win a close game. Uh, yeah, I could have gone either way. Yeah, got fortunate. One. Oregon State won. Yep. So I mean, that was just luck. I mean, a lot. Like that's what I say with these games. Is I've seen other uh, picks, and if we added like five games that are pretty easy to pick, we could all be like every week. Like we're nine and two, or we're eight and four, or you know whatever. But we pick five hard games that are coin flips, and so or, or close to them. And so last week it wasn't anything rocket science. It was just I I picked the. What I thought was the better team well, and got fortunate that it, the ball bounced that way. All right, so yeah. Craig's a game up on Emory and a game up on me. So I have slowly, like a silent assassin, just kind of hung around here. And Paul needs a bounce back week and Garrett uh, also. I cannot take the lead this week because Craig and I, right 
down the pipeline have the same pick. So that's he's at least a game up on me. Now, here we go. Paul Catalina has been playing this little poor, poor, pitiful Seminoles <laughs> all week long about Duke and Mike Elko. Yes, they're really good. But all of us don't agree that it's going to be a game that Duke can win. Yeah, I I think the number is too big. 13.5 seems a little bit big against this good uh, Duke defense. Uh, the only way I would see that that happens is if Duke makes a mistake late. Uh, so I think it's going to be a fairly close game and, and, and hard fought. But I think FSU has too much. Riley Leonard, even if he does play, is he 100% completely healthy because their offense really goes when he runs the ball. Uh, so I think FSU holds on here. The one that scares me the most is actually Miami. Uh, in a couple, in about three weeks um, for FSU because Miami might be kind of up against the wall and would love nothing more than to ruin FSU season at that point. What Duke has done up to this point has been great, but uh, I just think that Florida State has a bit too much firepower uh, for them. Uh, you know, hey, even if you limit Keon Coleman, there's plenty of other guys that can hurt you. So, yeah, I mean, Duke's been fun, but no Riley Leonard as well. Um, that's just, to me, is, is a little bit too much to overcome. Uh, for the Blue Devils. So, yeah, give me Florida State. Yeah, I take FSU. I told Paul, and I said this, and don't you ever forget, I said even back in, like, July or early August that they were going to play for the national championship. I I did. I I hope you're right. I do, too, for your sake, because you're friend. Yeah. All right, now, Alabama just kind of slowly just twisting and churning and kind of grinding through because we're so spoiled by what they do. Tennessee last year got them, Alabama, and Tennessee this week. Yeah, and I want to circle back to something from a little while ago. When we were talking about Alabama, was that Taylor that we were talking about and how everybody initially said, like, oh, my gosh, Bama's dead? It's just clicks, man. Like, that's all that is. You know, and, I, I, and like, that, that's been the case for, like, years and years now, everybody wishing or hoping or predicting the demise of Alabama. And what happens every single time? It's like one of those things where if you just say it for 20 years, then year 20 you're finally right and you can brag about it. But, yeah, I mean, Alabama's still Alabama. I think this ought to be a great game. Um, but I, I do think that their demise was, again, uh, you know, a little bit overdone. And they're not what they, you know, have been in years past. I'm not pretending that. But they are sitting there at freaking 6-1 and one and favorites to go to 7-1. and one. But this is uh, going to be a heated rivalry game. You know, I, I just like Bama a bit more overall as a team. I think that uh, they're finding their way there offensively. And uh, Milrose playing with some confidence. And on the other side, I just don't quite trust Joe Milton to roll into Tuscaloosa. And, you know, I know it's not all on his shoulders, but I don't trust him to go in there and architect this thing to a, to a win. So I'm going with Bama. Yeah, there's a difference between being done and being vulnerable for yes. the first time ever. Yes. They're they're not done, but they're vulnerable. And what's made it kind of maddening if you were one of these people I would assume that you wanted the Alabama dynasty to be over is that they're vulnerable and the rest of the sec, instead of pouncing on them, like wild dogs is also vulnerable. Right. No one like the, it's not like the power went out of them and like into somebody else. It just went out of them a little bit, but they're still the best coach team, especially on that side of the sec. Now where I think this is, will bear interest is over the hall of adding Oklahoma and Texas to this mix and what they're going to do schedule wise. Can Alabama, you know, cut off the, the leaks this off season, or is it going to be more of a struggle? Is this more of what's to come? It's going to be harder for teams to have a chokehold on things like Bama did, but they're at home against Tennessee. This game is probably going to look like a 1997 sec game more than it would uh, a 2023 sec game. But 
I think Bama wins at home. They don't a they don't lose at home, and b they don't lose to people two years in a row. All right, I picked Bama. Yeah, I, I think it's like Oklahoma, like Oklahoma's fan base. If we really wanted to, if we just wanted to stir the hornet's nest, you can get a huge reaction by just saying whatever. Like, Nick Saban's lost it. Yeah, and I think that that's, that's kind of the thing with the Saban stuff too, although I think Alabama probably you know plays off of it pretty well because they've been hearing it for so long. But, you know, there, there's no doubt they're vulnerable. Like you said, the whole SEC is, is down in comparison. It's not like there's the – you know, the Burrow-led Tigers or someone like that that's waiting in the weeds for them. Um, yeah, they're, they're still All at the right. top, except for, you know, obviously Georgia on the other side of that, that coin. And, and who knows, maybe somebody can still kind of uh, give them a hickey in oh, the sure, SEC yeah. West, and it could be Tennessee. But I, all of us except for Emory, who must have insider trading. Now, across the board, and I, I thought this one might be a little bit of a mixture, across the board, TCU after the, uh, of course, the, what they did with Josh Hoover, the quarterback, Kansas State, though, at home after what they did in Lubbock, and it seems as if maybe they got some of their mojo back. This should be fun. I think the winner of this game remains alive. The loser's done. Yeah, um, I, I do think that, um, you know, TCU will play a lot better. I think that they are, are you know, maybe going to come together a little bit. Uh, Josh Hoover, after talking to Jared Wiley, you know, it seems like rallying around having to play the backup quarterback has helped them get a little bit of, you know, juice that they didn't have uh, in previous weeks. But this is Kansas State at home. Kansas State's very physical team. Uh, and the last time they played a team that played that physical was Iowa State, and they lost. So uh, leaning Kansas State here, but I do expect this to be a, a, a pretty good one. Yeah, I think it'll be a really good game. I don't blame anybody if they pick TCU here uh, because, for all we know, Josh Hoover might have been the secret ingredient. But, I mean, being in Manhattan with the Avery Johnson stuff last week of TCU now having to prepare for the possibility of both, the likelihood of both guys, and then, I mean, what are the odds that both guys aren't playing very well? You know, I, and I don't think TCU's defense is so dominant. All they looked good last week. I mean, they destroyed BYU, but BYU's got one of the worst offenses in college in, in the Big Twelve, certainly. Uh, so, uh, and and defensively as as well, quite frankly, statistically. But that was a good win for TCU. Is it a launching pad? I'm not quite ready to go there just yet. But if they beat K State, then absolutely we can start talking about how they are suddenly headed in a much different direction than they were at the beginning of the year. But I'm not ready to, to believe that, that that'll be the case, so I'm going K-State here. All right, I have the Wildcats. Chris Kleiman, Garrett, you wanna, uh, you, you're being shy today. Jump in. Oh, I'm just like Josh Hoover, I don't think going into a hostile environment as a freshman, I don't know if he's ready for that. If you look at TCU defensively, um, they've taken a significant step back from last year. How they managed to corral Avery uh, is going to be – Difficult for them, and just I like K-State at home. I like their culture, everything about them, and I think they're going to get right the ship. All right, so all that one, we're all in agreement there like we are with Florida State. That's boring, but, again, that might say quite a bit. USC coming off, getting uh, – uh, did I say bludgeoned earlier this week by, by Notre Dame? I think that's a fair mm-hmm. term. USC at home against Utah, which is capable of doing that with kind of the way they play, yet – you know, without rising, they're okay, and they're better than okay, but your thoughts here? I'm betting on Cam this week to not have a bad game again. That's what I'm betting on. Caleb? Cam, Caleb. Yeah, Cam's Cam. Caleb. Because if it's Cam yeah. Newton, I'm going to pick up whoever he's playing yeah. for. Yeah, no, I'm betting on um, – I'm thinking about Cam rising, actually. I'm betting on Caleb not to have a bad game a second week in a row. Look, he had one bad game. Um, you know, he's out of the Heisman race as it stands right now, but this is the guy who's the reigning Heisman Trophy winner for a reason. Um, Utah's defense is spectacular, and what they've done rotating between two guys who are 
who are blah at quarterback is even more impressive uh, and speaks to what uh, Kyle Whittingham and Andy Ligwood have going there. Um, but I'm just going to go Trojans at home and a game that there's not there. They're probably going to struggle a little bit because of Utah's defense, but I don't think Caleb's going to have two bad games in a row and not having Cam rising in this game is great for the Trojans because he owned them last year. Yeah, you, you mentioned earlier about what, what has been a turnaround, honestly, because you just reminded me when you said, oh, we're all picking K-State that's boring. I'm not looking at everybody else's picks because earlier on I'm like, oh, well, everybody's picking them. I need oh, to, I I need to do that. And the last couple of weeks I just don't even look at them whatsoever, and Especially I just pick my own. After last because day, I yeah. used to worry about, like, everybody's got the same picks, and there's no way, and that's just a stupid way to do it. So that's what I've stopped well, doing. if you'll notice, we do reply all, but I just send mine to Levi separately. Yeah. yeah. But that that is, you know – part of it i guess but yeah with usc i just i trust caleb williams is going to have a big bounce back game after what we saw last week and i feel much better about usc being able to find ways to score points than utah being able to find ways to score points uh even though usc's defense is not that great utah's offense obviously is is not nearly what it should be um with the quarterback situation with the with Brant Keithy also, you know, not a part of the equation. So uh, they're not what they expected to be, and that's a little bit too much for me to think that they're going to roll into L.A. and and grab a win from a USC team that's coming off of a loss, and I bet pretty pissed off with, with what happened last week. So I'm, I'm thinking this is a Caleb game, uh, and that'll outweigh whatever Utah is able to do uh, defensively. Are they more pissed off than Steve Sarkeesian and UT? Yeah. 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 Okay. I would hope so. All right. Uh, Penn State, Ohio State, and, yeah, this makes sense. By the way, Garrett has Utah. You want to explain that? I just think Utah's the more physical team. Okay. Uh, USC is too finesse. They can't really handle that. My only concern is the lack of offensive production uh, from Utah. I think that's probably going to bite me in the end with you. And, you know, Mitch come off that loss to Notre Dame. But just given the, the success the Utes have had over USC and the, their physical brand of football going into L.A., I, to me, that's a cause for an upset. All right, and then we go to the mother of all the games, it appears, uh, with uh, Penn State in a mission collision course with Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State eventually. But this one's first. Penn State on the road in the horseshoe against the Buckeyes. This is a great chance for James Franklin to get that that signature, you know, dub, and which he's going to have to have two of them this year, at least, if they want to be in the college football playoff discussion. I think this game is going to be so tooth and nail and tough i am just the only thing i'm saying is that i I just think that james franklin is going to have them ready to get that signature dub he's won there before granted that was not a great ohio state team that he beat so at least he's gotten that monkey off his back when it comes to winning in columbus i'm picking penn state just a gut feeling this is such a toss-up game yeah there's a you know, again, looking at last week, is just you, you didn't really make a wrong pick by picking Oregon. You just you were on the wrong yeah. side of the coin. I yeah. feel like this is one of those games right here, right? Is uh, If you pick Penn State, you got a totally legitimate reason to feel that way. If you pick Ohio State, you got a totally legitimate reason to feel that way. Um, part of playing in Columbus uh, was, was a factor in, in my decision uh, here. But, yeah, it's a coin flip, and, and I just trust the home team and, and the team that's done it more often than not to get the job done once again in what should be a tight and – thrilling contest but I definitely gave a lot of thought to to Drew Aller and the Nittany Lions I just you know again I flipped that coin it landed on the Buckeyes yeah I just uh, at home and I I had to stop myself before and go okay they don't have Garrett Wilson 
I know that they don't have Injigma Smith, they, uh, Smith and Jig, but they don't have those type of players. But they still have weapons, and I, the young quarterback, I'm going to take Ohio State. And Marvin Harrison Jr. I'm telling you, they used to have four of him. It seemed like to me the way that Wilson and Jigba Smith and all the guys, Smith and Jigman, all those guys. It seemed like they all they do have what's it Ibuke, uh the other receiver who's pretty good. It just doesn't seem like they have exploded. Well, they don't like have that. an NFL quarterback well, that's going okay. in the top five, and that's part of the that issue. Yeah. yeah, it's not the receivers. It's the, the quarterback. They don't have C.J. Stroud back there or Justin Fields or, you know, they've got Kyle McCord. Who's, Which has affected the production, although right. Harrison's had a, a, a pretty big year despite it just, you know, at four of his six games, he's over 100 yards received. Okay. Garrett, you took the Nittany Lions. Yeah, I just like I feel like this is the best team James Franklin has had, uh, and if he's going to do it, he's going to make the next jump. It's got to be this year. Um, I think going on the road with that defense they have uh, against a freshman quarterback can help. I know it's going it's difficult anytime you go into the horseshoe, but I think they're built for uh, their style of play is built for this. And if you can't do it this year, you're never going to do it if you're James Franklin. All right, there we go. So right now, Craig Smoke with a one game lead, Emery. Uh, and, and I am right there, a game back. Paul has uh, gone into that Rangers late-season funk, but maybe I'm they looking, can turn it around just in time for the postseason. Looking at, look at a rally. Garrett is now just two back of Paul. Never thought I would say that. Because, no coming. We you know, need to deny. He's like, Dion, you're coming. All right, thank you guys for the picks. Yeah, uh, should be another fun weekend of games, and I uh, just wanted to pass along that Jim Harbaugh has now released a statement. Uh, if y'all are interested in yeah, hearing that, I am. All right, I want to make it clear that I and my staff will fully cooperate with the investigation into this matter. I do not have any knowledge or information regarding the University of Michigan football program illegally stealing signals, nor have I directed any staff member or others to participate in an off-campus scouting assignment. I have no awareness of anyone on our staff having done that or having directed that action. I do not condone or tolerate anyone doing anything illegal or against NCAA rules. No matter what program or organization that I have led throughout my career, my instructions and awareness of how we scout opponents have always been firmly within the rules. Pursuant to NCAA rules, I will not be able to comment further while this investigation takes place. So okay. I didn't know anything. I don't. I, I didn't do anything. It's like a coach is in a search and his name comes up, and like I haven't talked so, to anybody like Dickard, so, and you said, "Well, yeah, but your agent has." Been. So you're like, if if they are doing it, but the, when you say that, here's what I would caution Jim Harbaugh against: that is that when you say that, you're already preemptively going, doing the Rick Pitino thing. Like, listen, I know that there were hookers and parties and all that. Like, I didn't know that. I know you guys found that out. I found out when you did. Well, that also doesn't, that's not the best way to do it because if they are, then your excuse is, so your assistants set up this thing without your your knowledge so that they could do what? Yeah. I I, like that. Yeah. You know, and maybe it didn't happen. I just, that's kind of a mistake in my part. Just I would go, we're cooperating, and we'll see what happens. Well, I thought, no, I don't think. I saw the note that he was initially not supposed to release a statement because it's an NCAA investigation. You let the school do it or the conference or whatever. But in, I guess, in case he was cleared to be able to do that through his attorney, and his attorney might have, I don't know, with fair to Harbaugh's a pretty smart guy to write that, and they put it out This has been a Rogue Media Network production.